0: Hey, great to see everyone. Thank you. (laughs) I wonder, have you ever seen those surprise videos of uh, a kid getting a puppy for Christmas or maybe uh, opening a present and they can't believe what they've just received for Christmas or a birthday Or um, maybe you've seen the videos where uh, dad comes back from military deployment and uh, the teacher invites him into the classroom and the the kid is so surprised. It's a heartwarming moment. Uh, My wife Jo told me about how uh, when she was a a kid, she got up for school one morning with her sister, just like any other morning, and uh, her parents came into her room and told her that they, you're not going to school today, you're going to Disneyland. Um, but I like to think that the best surprise that Jo ever received was when she thought that I was going to propose to her. Uh, I did the romantic beach setup, but instead of pulling out a ring, I pulled out two plane tickets to New York. I spent the whole year planning this thing in secret. We left two days later, total surprise, and of course we did get engaged. But there are times when surprises in our life aren't that fun. Maybe you're looking forward to a nice, relaxing evening in, and surprise, the in-laws are coming over for dinner. Or maybe you go to the shop for that one thing that you need, and surprise, it's the one thing they're sold out of. Or uh, maybe you get up one summer's morning, lovely sunny day, day off, you do the laundry, you hang it out to dry on the line, you go out for a couple of hours to run some errands, and surprise, You live in England, and it's all the seasons in one day. Those kind of surprises that don't go the way that you would planned are not very fun. But sometimes, of course, we know it's worse than that. Maybe you're here today, or maybe you're joining with us watching online, or you're watching this back, and you thought that you were fully prepared for retirement, but then the economy takes a turn. Maybe your health isn't what it was, or you've received a diagnosis. Maybe there's something going on in your family. You're facing something that's overwhelming, that's so challenging. All of us like predictability. We like to know what's coming so that we can feel prepared. But sadly, life is not always like that. Sometimes things happen that you can't anticipate and you don't understand and it's hard to see God's hand at work in your life. God, why am I going through this right now? It doesn't make sense what I'm facing and we need a breakthrough. Well, today as we conclude our breakthrough series, we're looking at one of these moments. We're going back over 3,000 years in history together and we find someone called Gideon, who faced an unpredictable situation. Gideon lived in Israel during a time where most of his friends and uh, fellow society, they, were, they had abandoned God, and they were living out their truth and their best life without much care as to the impact on the world around them or their own souls. The whole country was following the wrong path, and as a result, God allowed enemies to come in and take everything from Israel. Desert warriors who invaded the northern Israelite farm country every year, same time of year, around harvest time, to take everything that they could. Picture Tuscan Raiders in Star Wars, or the grasshoppers in Bugs Life, just coming to take everything that isn't theirs. So For Gideon, these are Midianite raiders, desert tribes living east of the Jordan River. They travel from Mesopotamia through southern Arabia to trade spices and incense. Now, these Midianite raiders depend on the camel. The camel to the Israelites was totally unfamiliar. To them, this was a a large and terrifying beast that they avoided any combat or conflict with at all costs. And so the Israelite people, they would plant their crops, working a, a hard labor under the hot day's sun, and after they've harvested it, surprise, the Midianite army would come in, steal everything they'd worked for, leaving them with nothing. And this happened over and over again. These raiders eventually forced farmers to abandon their fields and seek safety in caves. Gideon is one of these farmers. He's so terrorized by the Midianites that he's threshing wheat in a winepress, the worst place to perform this task. Threshing is the process of separating the edible portion of the wheat from the stalk. You don't thresh wheat by hand in a confined space. You thresh wheat with oxen and a sledge on a hilltop field and then on a threshing floor that's open so that the stalk can blow away with the wind and then you're left with all of the good food. Well, Gideon is trying to thresh his wheat, hiding because he's terrified. We're in the book of Judges together today. Now, the judges ruled Israel around 1375 to 1050 BC. Gideon was a judge, but in this context, it means something more like a deliverer rather than a judicial role in a courtroom. Gideon is a farmer who becomes a military leader. We join him in a moment which doesn't exactly describe what comes to mind when you think of a a battle-hardened warrior. So we're going to be jumping into Judges chapter 6. If you have a Bible, then feel free to open it, but the scriptures are going to come up on the screens. Starting at verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiza. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, or elsewhere translated, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. Case you ever wondered whether God has a sense of humour, God is telling that to the guy hiding in a wine press so that he can't be seen by the Midianites. This isn't exactly the guy that comes to mind when you watch the war movies and, and the hero receives the medal of valor or the purple heart. He was not a mighty warrior. Gideon was a chicken afraid of camels. Was God being sarcastic? Or did God see something that Gideon didn't? Did God see more than the scene that we often see in our own lives? And God is planning to turn the current reality into a breakthrough in a way that often we cannot predict. Well, it was time that Gideon saw this too. And as a side note, this is why encouragement matters so much. When you see a glimpse of something in someone that aligns with maybe who God has made them to be, my encouragement to you is to call it out, to be like Jesus with the disciples who when he asked them to come and follow him, he already saw them at their full potential with who God had made them to be. So when you encourage people You literally help them to become more like Jesus and more the person God has made them to be. Amen. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles that our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? I think what's amazing about this verse is that this disappointment actually shows us that Gideon had a real relationship with God. I think he knows God and, and he remembers what God has done, even in this, this honesty and this passion, this vulnerability. And sometimes we can know that God is a God of breakthrough. But often it's so incremental that we can't see it or we can't feel it, and so we don't believe for it because we forget what God has already done and therefore what he can do. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. God told Gideon to go in the strength you have. Well, at this point, what strength? This is like a coach at halftime speaking to the guy, on the bench who's never played the game before, giving him the pep talk. But here, Gideon, he's alone, he's afraid, he's threshing wheat in a wine press. And even when the angel of the Lord is speaking to him, declaring that he would be the one to bring about victory for the Israelites, Gideon began to argue. But Lord Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. Some of us have been giving weight to a narrative like that. We're afraid of the opinions of others, of, of how we think about ourselves and how we interpret our situations. Gideon looked at himself and he convinced himself that it wasn't possible. So he thought, God must be wrong. And so what happens is, you and I, we don't pray in faith to God for breakthrough because we put ourselves in the way if it's not possible through me then it must not be possible at all we say things like god can't break through in my life because i'm insignificant in my family or maybe everything just goes wrong in my life and that's just how it is or other people they don't have the dark thoughts that i have and so they're more deserving than me and, and that's why God will break through in their life, but not in mine. And the people that God breaks through in their life, well, they're just more disciplined than I am. Gideon says, I'm the least. How can I? I wonder if you ever felt that way. Have you ever asked that question to God? Maybe maybe God is asking you to share your faith with others. You want me to share my faith with my co-workers? Well, I don't really know the most about the Bible. Actually, God, maybe a better plan would be I invite Pastor Sarah or Pastor John to work and maybe they can share in the lunch break. That would be a better plan. That, that's more possible. Or are you sure, God, that you want me to serve on a ministry team here at Coastline, but I'm no good with kids or, or youth or good at making coffee. And so God says to you, go in strength, mighty warrior, and join the setup team. Maybe God is speaking to someone or 100 people here today. If you've felt that way, you're not alone. Gideon felt exactly the same way. And not just Gideon, but all throughout history, when we look at the Bible, people have felt that way. God picked unlikely people to bring a breakthrough in their time. And when we think it's about us, we get stuck on ourselves and our situations, and we doubt God. No, Moses protested to God. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Jeremiah was called to be a prophet for God, but said, Oh, sovereign Lord, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. But where it seems impossible, God steps in. Throughout our 40 days of breakthrough so far, we've seen David break through the ranks of the Philistines in the place that got called God of the Breakthrough. We've seen David coming against the champion Goliath, trusting and believing in God, and with a single stone brings Goliath down and defeats the entire army. The walls of Jericho come down by obeying God's word of instruction. We've seen Elijah with the prophets of Baal, one guy who stood in faith against a whole nation in opposition to God, but saw supernatural breakthrough. King Jehoshaphat faces a mighty army, and God reminds them that it's his fight, and he steps in. And then last week, through divine intervention, Sennacherib's army is decimated overnight, leading to his retreat and the salvation of Jerusalem under Hezekiah's leadership. God can do more than we ask or imagine when we trust him. And so that's why God's answer to Gideon is the same as it is to you. The Lord said to him, I, Will be with you, Gideon, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. When faced with the impossible, God says, I will be with you. Gideon, Moses, Jeremiah, their emphasis is I. I'm nobody. I don't have the ability. And you and I, we say the same. And you're exactly right. On your own, you cannot accomplish God's will. But to Moses, God said, I will be with you. To Jeremiah, he said, don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and protect you. To Jacob, running for his life in the desert, God says to him, I will not leave you until I finish giving you everything I've promised you. To Joshua, who took over from Moses, God said, be strong and courageous Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Jesus said to the disciples, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And to you and I, God says, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. God's promise to Gideon is God's promise to you. That whatever circumstances you find yourself in, I am with you. And it doesn't matter who or what is against you. Gideon is fearful, but he trusts God when facing the impossible, trusting him for a way through, a breakthrough. So the first thing we learn about Gideon is that what looks like cowardice is actually humility. This was a test of character. Gideon was beginning to learn that he couldn't do it in his own strength. So I want to ask you today, is the breakthrough that you are hoping and praying for big enough that you can't achieve it? Do you have to depend on God for some things in your life? Well, as the story continues, we see Gideon actually placing God to the test. And uh, in a, a passage that some of us will be familiar with, Gideon takes a fleece, uh, a, a sheepskin um, Uh, woolen overcoat and he places it on the ground and gives God a a bunch of conditions to fulfill and uh, that's exactly what happens Um, and so uh, Gideon he realizes that it is actually God speaking to him as if an angel wasn't enough he's been having this whole conversation with he wants to know God is it definitely you speaking to me and asking me to go and and confront the Midians so so Gideon, he's obedient to instruction. And before this story really builds up as we enter into it together, he's, he's instructed by God to tear down his father's altar to Baal to symbolize the rejection of idolatry and false worship. So Gideon carries out this task at night because he's afraid what uh, his other family member and the townspeople will think of him. Uh, if they discover that it's him. And, and so when people wake up in the morning, the altar has been destroyed and they demand to know who did it. But Gideon's father defends him. And this actually leads to Gideon's name being changed to Jeroboam, symbolizing his renouncing of Baal worship and reinstating God's desire for the Israelites to worship him alone as a true God and to remove idolatry from their lives. The point here in all of that detail is that Gideon obeyed God. And you might be sat here thinking today, well, well I want to obey God. Well, well, what do I do? What is God's instruction to me? What is God asking me to do in my life? And our encouragement to, to you would be that if you read God's Word every day, then there's enough instruction in there. You'll eventually bump into something that God asks you to do. And so our, our encouragement is that as you, as you become obedient to what God is asking of you every day. You get to know him more and you actually become more like him and the person that he's made you to be. And so turning to Judges 7, Gideon, he's obedient to what God has asked of him. He answers God's call to lead his people into battle against the Midianites. So he he calls all of the men together in Israel, all those willing to fight, and he amasses this huge army. And so they head out together, armed with weapons, ready to go into battle, and they hike to the spring of Harod. And Gideon looks out at this huge army of 32,000 men, and he thinks, okay, we've got a chance against these Midianites. God looks at the same situation and says, it's too easy. He says, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid and afraid of camels may leave this mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home leaving only 10,000 willing to fight. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many. At this point, Gideon's thinking, well, I mean, we had 32,000, 22,000 left, 10,000. I mean, that still gives us some kind of a chance. I mean, come on, God, like, give me 10,000. But God says you still have too many warriors with you. And so God asks Gideon to do something slightly strange. Bring them down to the spring, and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. When Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, Divide the men into two groups. In one group, put all of those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. And so these men, they come down to the stream and some of them are cupping their hands and they're drinking water from their hands. Some of them are getting on their hands and knees and drinking directly from the stream. And only 300 of the men drank from their hands. And you can guess which ones God is going to send into battle. All the others that got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream, the Lord told Gideon, with the 300, I will rescue you and give you victory of the Midianites send all the others home. So Gideon collected the provisions, the ram's horns of the other warriors. He sends them home and keeps the 300 men with him. And the Midianite camp is in the valley just below Gideon. So Gideon starts out on this hike to the spring of Herod with 32,000 men. Now 32,000 is the same number as you can see in the Vitality Stadium, if you've ever been to a game to watch Bournemouth play, three times over. So imagine Bournemouth Stadium filled three times. That's 32,000 people. And then God reduces that down to the same number of people here in this sanctuary, roughly 300. Surely now this enemy is too big. So maybe for you... A health problem that you're facing is too big. Maybe a family member has walked away from God and from you. Maybe you've experienced a breakup. Maybe you're hoping for a relationship that hasn't happened. Maybe there are some nights where you've cried yourself to sleep because you're facing something that's just too big. We look at our circumstances and we're convinced that there's no hope and the problem is is too big and too bleak. And God says, if I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. You see, there are some things in our life that we can do in our own strength. And there are other things in our lives where God wants to remind us that he is the God of the impossible. That don't make sense any other way than by following him, trusting in him and having faith. Because there are times in life where we won't have anything else to rely on than our humility of our dependence on God, than our obedience to him and our faith in him. Amen. When we find ourselves overwhelmed with what we face, these are the things that will help us to stand. So Gideon is a man of faith. And that night, the Lord said, Get up, go down into the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. This passage is tough for me personally, because to live by this kind of faith, as though even before the battle's been won, it's as if God has already done it. And so next, God gives Gideon the most outrageous military strategy. He divided the 300 men into three groups and gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. Then he said to them, Keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. As soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horns, blow your horns too, and all around the entire camp shout." For the Lord and for Gideon. I find that so cheesy, but I'm sure in this context it was really rousing and they felt really ready for battle. So instead of in the night sneaking into the Midianite camp as silent assassins and taking them out in their sleep, they're going to advance on them like some scene in Braveheart, but with trumpets and candles in jars. Maybe your situation doesn't make sense. And what's in your hands can't overcome what you're facing. And church, God knows that it's difficult for you to trust in him. But where we want to understand, he says, you don't have to understand. You just have to trust and obey and follow me. And some of you today have missed out for too long because you've refused to let go of your desire to be in control of your life and to order your own steps and if God would just do the thing that I would do in my life well well then maybe I'll give it over to him but trying to make sense of everything in your life I've learned the hard way won't work instead trust God obey him wait and pray in faith for the breakthrough because no matter what he is with you and so we pick up, amen. And so we pick up the story just after midnight. Gideon and the hundred men reached the edge of the Midianite camp. Suddenly, surprise! They blew the ram's horns and broke their clay jars. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. They held the blazing torches in their left hand and the horns in their right hands. And they all shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the Midianite camp to fight against each other with their swords. The enemy here are so surprised and so confused that they turn on one another. And this actually isn't an uncommon reaction to this level of surprise in a a military situation. We've seen this in... um, In other examples, uh, Joe's laughing at me because earlier I gave this whole example from the Second World War, Operation Market Carbon. But that's for another time. So, those who are not killed, they flee to places as far away as nearby cities and even the next border country. It's the ending to the movie that we all want. The breakthrough and the truth here, though, is that even in great adversity with all of the odds against Gideon, and even against his own preparation, his own attempts to be in control of the situation, the truth is that God is always true to his word and not only fights with you, but goes ahead of you and fights for you. And all of this, this whole story goes against human understanding. Often God's ways don't seem to fit with our analysis, and our own ability to control the outcome. This is why God tells us in Isaiah that for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways, God's ways, are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Isn't it transforming and a relief when God delivers on what we hope and pray for? when he breaks in, when healing happens, when the relationship is restored and that thing we were hoping for comes to pass. Throughout this whole series, we've been bringing out needs and our hopes and our prayers to God, standing in the gap for our people and our circumstances. And church, most of us, I'm sure, we believe, we know that God can break through into any situation at any time But from my life and anyone who has faced grief, you'll know that the breakthrough doesn't always look the way that we want or expect. It's unpredictable. My mum wasn't healed when I was just a child, but there's a depth of knowing God through trauma and abuse and hardship that has been my breakthrough. Joe's dad wasn't healed two years ago, But he came to know Jesus in that time. That Jesus who says to us, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. The reality of life, as we say in the vineyard, is that we're somewhere in between the now and the not yet of the kingdom coming. Life on earth as it was always meant to be. But the biggest lesson is having peace and a hope that whatever the outcome, God is with you. And so if you are here today, in that place, in between the now and the not yet, what are you learning in the waiting? I wonder whether you grow closer to others as you go through hard things together with them. It's the same with God, that when we give him our situations, when we journey With him, through the valley, we actually discover more of him. Our relationship with him deepens and grows. Who is God to you, even if the breakthrough hasn't happened yet? Even if you're standing on the edge of the camp and you don't know what's going to happen? Maybe it won't happen in the way that you expect. Like Gideon, what has been true in your life? As you look back and remember God, this battle between God's people and the Midianites led by Gideon, it was a great outcome for these people, the Israelites at that time, but even greater is the legacy of that faith that lasts through the generations to us today, the faith that we can have in the middle of our own battles. This is the faith that we see in this story, and this is the faith that we can have in God. This breakthrough series shows us that God does impossible things in the lives of ordinary people like you and me when we're willing to obey God with that kind of faith. And who knows, maybe you could even be the breakthrough for someone else when you're willing to obey God. So let us encourage you, as I come to close, that through the purpose of this series, to pray, change, and life, and breakthrough, into your situations that as Phil said last week that this year for you may be a year of jubilee where everything is reset back to how it should be and that you might continue to pray and trust the God of breakthrough through the year that this would be an ongoing practice for you don't stop just because the 40 days are up I'm going to invite Johnny and the band to come back and join it's tempting when we look at these heroes of the faith, like Gideon, to want to be like them, and, and that's a good thing, but Gideon's life took a downward turn. He didn't live the perfect life, but he points us to the one who is the ultimate deliverer, the one who did live the perfect life, who, who would come not amidst the Midianites, but against the, amidst the Roman Empire, not with a torch, but to be the light Of the world to deliver us not from a physical enemy but a spiritual one, sin and death. This is who Jesus is. This is who Gideon points us to. And so, maybe for you, if you don't know God today, if you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus, the one who offers you forgiveness for the past, new life for today, and hope for the future, then let that be my encouragement to you that you would know this God who in the midst of the situations you face where everything seems hopeless, you can trust him. Today, this could be your breakthrough.